pictures to a bronze sculpture. <clears throat> he kept filing, scraping and polishing every little surface of his masterpiece. When will it be done, asked an observer. <clears throat> Never, came the reply. I just keep working and working until they come and take it away. Much the same could be said of the children of God. We are saved by grace and declared righteous in Christ. Yet when it comes to the matter of Christ's likeness in our everyday living, we must keep working at it until Jesus takes us away. A good thought. <laughs> he keeps cutting and polishing. Someday, someone has observed the acorn does not become a tree, an oak in a day. It is not one touch of the artist's brush that produces the finished painting. There are always months between seed time and harvest. Whether you are a new believer or have known the Lord for many years, grow up in all things in him, as we find in our text tonight in verse 15. Don't let setbacks and failures discourage you. Stay in touch with God through prayer. Then as you feed on the word of God and obey his commands, you, you too will become more like Christ through the power of the indwelling spirit. Remember, it takes time. We read the verses tonight, verses 15 and 16 of chapter 4 of Ephesians. <clears throat> but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, the church, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edification of itself in love. So we're <clears throat> looking at this, some of the thoughts here tonight. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you continually work on us and through us, but you're making us more like your son, and that's more important than the service, is become like the Lord Jesus, our Saviour, and then we will serve automatically. Lord, I pray that we might have this desire to be more like the Lord Jesus, uh, changed into his image, pressed into the mould of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be a representative, Lord, a reconciler, an ambassador to the people in this world who do not know the Lord Jesus will never meet him unless they get saved, but they can meet him through us and our example. And I pray that we would be good examples of the Lord Jesus. Bless the study tonight. Bless those that have been willing and able to come. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> there, it is pretty tragic when a baby doesn't grow up. When a crop that the farmer plants, plants doesn't come to maturity, maybe because of lack of rain or too much sun. <laughs> that happens around here. They cause crushed dreams, trampled hopes and heartbreaking realities. God faces this every day with his people. He tells us in, in, the, in the word that, that we need to mature, we need to grow up. And we'll be looking at maybe a verse in Peter about that. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you might grow by it, but then afterward get onto some solid stuff. So there's some easier to understand 
you know, infant things. He talked to the the writer of Hebrews, talked to the Hebrews, and said there, there that they uh, need of solid meat and not milk all the time. They need to grow from babes to be strong believers. And uh, the Bible makes a strong case for spiritual growth. And here, particularly in verse 15 and 16, it does. We'll look at a few of the points from here tonight, maybe not all of them, for time's sake, always time. But speaking the truth in love. And you've got those seven points there. We have the first one, the means of growth, the means of growth. And this I've nailed down as truth in the verse here. Speaking the truth, speaking the truth. The world is in desperate need of people that speak the truth, preachers that speak the truth. The reason the world is where it is is because preachers haven't spoken the truth anymore. They've told stories. And I never forget that. There's some things, you know, when you experience them, they stay with you. And the old people's home, and I was preaching, there was about 12 there that day, <laughs> Some a year ago, or more than a year ago, because that man hadn't been for two years, but he, he's passed away. But he, he said to me afterward, he said, you're the only one of the ones that come to UPA, United Protestants Association, Old People's Home, that preaches the Bible. I said, well, it's chapel time. It's, you know, your service. What do the others do? Oh, they talk about stories in their life. I said, well, okay, if you can relate them to spiritual truth as an example but they don't preach the bible it's the truth that matters isn't it it's like you're going to court of law i swear to tell the what the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and so it should be for ambassadors of christ and preachers and teachers of the lord sunday school teachers and youth leaders they should preach and teach the truth um, this is the key to all growth the, what, the verse i referred to said we go to in first peter chapter 2 Verse 2 and 4, as newborn babes, First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it. If you kept, huh, if you kept feeding a baby milk all its life, uh, what would happen? The growth would be stunted. <laughs> the growth would be stunted. There's a, there's a chap up in Talangara can't remember his name now. He owns a, he's got lathes and milling machines, a massive amount of them in there in the old milk cheese place there. And um, he was in such a rush because he was working on his own and doing a lot of maintenance of machines up in the forest commission area, bulldozers and that. And so what he did, he just drunk milk. He thought, it's got everything in it, I'll just drink milk. And you know where he ended up? In hospital sick because he wasn't getting everything he needed to and as christians are sickly if they just have the milk of the word you need to get some meat uh, <clears throat> some iron <laughs> and the vitamins and the vegetables uh, spiritually speaking that's what we we need to dig in the word of god to do that we need to grow his name's going to come to me when i leave church tonight <laughs> some of you will maybe remember him <clears throat> So it's the key to, be, to growth, as it says, if so be that you've tasted, this is still in Peter, that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed and men, but chosen of God and precious. So we're built up in him through milk 
and getting into the meat of the word. As I said, there's one in Hebrews you can cross-reference. Your Bible Bible might have a cross-reference to the one in Hebrews as well there. This truth is in the spiritual realm. In chapter 3 of 2 Peter and verse 18. 2 Peter 3.18, it reads, But grow in grace, growth in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever, both now and forever. Amen. So grow in grace, grow in the Lord, grow in the knowledge of him. Do you know the Lord better now than you did a year ago? Do you know more of his workings in your life than he did, you did a year ago? Is there a difference? You know, <clears throat> some people say, oh, I, I come to church and I hear the sermon, I get excited about it, but I forget it. But if, <laughs> if at the end of a year or two, there's measured growth, you can, you can answer questions you couldn't answer before. You are growing. You can't remember every detail. Even the preacher doesn't remember all the points of the sermon. I hope he practices them. <laughs> but that's because, let, let me say this, you know, if you're preaching for a, a week, it gets pretty heavy at times. And all the points that you need to go, but you need to dig in the word yourself, find out the truth for yourself. Hey, if you find it, it's your treasure. You go down an opal mine and you find a bit of opal, that's yours. I mean, if you're not in someone else's mind, you claim that as your own. I can give you spiritual truth, and so I should, but it's better if you find it. It's better if you find the treasure because you will treasure it more than it being passed to you. Um, it must be based upon the truth. And truth is the scripture. And, and the word is the Lord Jesus. You just keep... <laughs> Moving the, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So there is such a thing as absolute truth, isn't there? Absolutely, you should say. <laughs> there is things, and it's in the scriptures. That's absolute truth. In Ephesians 1.13, while we're in Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 13, it's the gospel of truth. It's refer, referred to, in whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth. You trusted the gospel, you heard the gospel. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so you heard the truth of the gospel, that Jesus, what is the gospel? The death, Jesus died for my sins. He was buried and he rose again. That's the gospel. And that is the message of salvation that the Lord Jesus come to, came to bring to each and every one of us. Uh, the gospel of your salvation, that's truth. And unless, and unless you be, hear the gospel and believe the gospel, Matthew, Romans 10 talks about that. How, how can they hear except someone's be, be sent? Someone tells them the message. Unless you hear it and believe it, you're de- doomed and you're damned for eternity. There's a gospel of truth. Have you heard it? Have you believed it? There's truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 4 of Ephesians and verse 21. I know we've been there, but just reading it. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in who? (laughs) In Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. He's not in a university lecturer. It's not in in, in the fellow that runs the university. What do you call him? Chancellor. Chancellor, yeah, not in him. He can be as smart as anything, but he can be lost as anything too. 
It's not in the truth is found not in the scientist in the lab. The truth is not <laughs> certainly not found in Canberra. I mean, <laughs> in the, amongst the politicians, <laughs> truth is in Jesus. That's what it says. <laughs> Believe the Bible. <laughs> Believe the truth. Um, chapter four and verse twenty-five. It reads there. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbour. Hey, be honest. Be truthful. Chapter 5 and verse 9 tells us, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. The fruit of the Spirit is truth. The fruit of God being in you and you believing the gospel is that you'll be a truthful person. You won't fudge things. No white lies. Uh, no, no, there's no such thing as a white lie, but no, they're all black, but no lying, little or big, if you could say that. Chapter 6 and verse 14 of Ephesians reads, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about, part of the armament of the Christian, having your loins girt about with what? Truth. Truth. People like honest people. And if you get a job and are working in a place and you just be honest and truthful, then... Surely the Lord's blessing, unless there are a whole lot of people that just want to tell lies all the time, the Lord will bless even in and amongst those people. So truth, the gospel of truth. The truth is in Jesus Christ and in the Christian. Um, in Second Thessalonians 2.10 it says, receive not the, They received not the love of the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth. First Timothy 2, 3 and 4, who, who, who will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's God's intention. He wants all people to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, the means of growth is truth. And if you're not being truthful with God and truthful with yourself and truthful with the scriptures and those around you, what's going on inside? Are you even a Christian? We need to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. I know, yes, we've all got the flesh, the old man, as Christians who will want or tend to lie and not tell the truth. <clears throat> the church of the living God, it says in, the, in 1 Timothy 3.15, the pillar and ground of the truth. This word is used much in Scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, or rightly dividing the word of truth, a workman, dividing the word of truth. Do you have people to take the Bible and try to distort it and twist it? And make it mean something it doesn't? They're everywhere. That's what we discovered last time in verse 14. That they, Satan has his ambassadors. He has people in pulpits as angels of light. But they're the devil's men. And we um, <clears throat> need to have that truth girt about. We need to have that truth in our lives and going out from us. Studying that we might rightly divide the word of truth and there's several books been put out <laughs> titled rightly dividing the word of truth um, where do all the cults come from are they is all their doctrine false we couldn't say that no and only needs a little bit to be wrong to be totally wrong if they're off on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done, they're not even going to heaven. Well, that's why we call them a cult. And there can be so much good food, as it were, like in Ratsack, a lot of good food, but the poison 
is a little percentage, 1%, that kills. It's the stuff I take. <laughs> I call it RASAC. What do we call it? Um, warfarin. <laughs> but that's just for thinning the blood. But I say if I gave one of the tablets I take to a cat, because he's so small, that'd be the end of the cat. But poison, you know, and, and, and so the cults just give the, that amount of poison that kills their message. There's no, the truth is not coming through. It's poison. Don't eat it. I, I know I'm not going to get far here. <laughs> Praise the Lord for the truth of the word. I, tr I trust you love the truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, or make you free. John 8, 32. Every jot and tittle of the word of God. So we need to grow. We need to fertilize, as it were, like we, you, you grow a plant, you grow a vegetable or something, you water it, you fertilize it. After my roses have the first blooming, I put more fertilizer and I have another blooming, I put another fertilizer, I get about four bloomings out. <laughs> four flowerings out of the roses a year because I keep on fertilizing and keep on watering them with, with good old rainwater when it comes down. <laughs> and so in a Christian life, we are to keep growing, keep fertilizing, keep feeding ourselves on the Word of God. You know, when God moves in a person's life, they love the truth. They'll get into the truth and they want to share the truth. You know, I didn't do it to become a pastor. I was in the truth because I wanted to know as a teenager the truth and digging in the Bible and cross-referencing and getting, getting books and reading them and checking them out from the scriptures and it, and it had, had me to grow. It was on a farm. We had none of those distractions that you young people have got today. What are the distractions that are distracting you that you could be spending that time in the word but you're in them instead? Come on, tell, tell me, be honest. <laughs> Hold it up. <laughs> Tablets and phones and things that say game consoles. Ga game game consoles. <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, they're not immoral, or uh, they, they, well, they could be the games. I don't know. <laughs> but what what do you love? If you love God, you will want to look and find out about Him. You want Him to work in your life, and you want to know the truth. From the scriptures. Yes, it's a means of growth. <clears throat> the means of growth is truth from the word of God. Water your spiritual garden. The mark of truth or the mark of growth is love. The means of growth is truth. So that's our second point there. And you find in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. But speak the truth in love. In love. The mark of growth is love. It'll be love for God, love for the sovereign, eternal God. What did Jesus say was the most important commandment of Scripture? Love your, the Lord your God. And then he said, and the next one is like it, love one, one another. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love for God. This mustn't, must be more than lip service, must be more than a lecture, it must be in reality. It's practical devotion. It's like Romans 12, 1 and 2 tell us there. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your body as a living sacrifice. You get on the altar and I die to self and I, I yield myself to the Lord. And be not conformed or hammered into the shape of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of what you think. How can you think if you're letting other people think for you? What, that's, what, that's what entertainment is. It's, it's no think. But I can't think of the can't, can't think of the word right now. A-U-S- That's it. A yeah. Thanks. Non-thinking. Non-thinking. Thank you, Ross. A a no muse. Think no think. Amusement is no think. Just sit there. No. You know, and let them entertain me. That's what most of the things in our world are about today. The leisure time of people is spent like that. Where is the person that's committing themselves to the Lord to do His work? That getting into the Bible, a love for God will drive us in there and uh, not being conformed to the world but being transformed. And, and not only a love for the sovereign God but also a love for the scriptures as we've just covered that. And we read Psalm 119 and um, <clears throat> in each of the sections it's divided into the Hebrew alphabet. There's 24 letters in the Hebrew alphabet and it's in 24 sections of eight verses each. And at the end, the end two of the each eight verses talks about the, the love for the scriptures, the psalmist love for the scriptures. In 1 John 2 verse 5, we read, But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Keep his word, the truth we've been talking about. In him is the love of God perfected. By this know we that we are in him. It gives you confidence that you're a Christian. We're in him because we just have his word saturated through our lives and it oozes out. So we love the sovereign God. We love the scriptures of God. Um, and we love the saints too. This is a mark of growth. A love for these three and another one yet. Love for the saints, as we've just said. Love one another. Uh, where would I go to find out about how to love one another, how much we are instructed to do that? What book of the Bible would I go to to find that? See if you've been in the Bible. First John. John. Over and over again. Love one another. Love one another. And this is proof that you're a Christian. You'll love one another. Love one another. You'll, you'll, you see, people think, oh, you love a person so you don't tell them the truth about themselves. A true friend will tell you the truth about yourself. They won't fudge it. They won't cover it. They won't mask it because that's true love. You see, we've got to mix up in our head about what love is. Love speaks the truth in love (laughs) as we speak it to our friends. So love for the saints. And that's shown in our attendance here tonight. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves is as a manner of some is. And so much you saw as you see the day approaching, so much the more. If we love the saints, we'll, be loved, we'll love to be what? Around the saints. You know, if you love someone, you want to be around them. And so it will be for the Christian. If you love saints, you'll love to be in the fellowship, assembling yourself together. And the Christian community, of, where the Christians get together, you'll be there. You'll be at different functions and things that go on. In John 13, 34 and 35, it reads, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. 
By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. Was it used three times in the, those verses you just read there? Um, <clears throat> there also is a fourth area we should love, and this is a mark of growth. Love the sovereign God, love the scriptures of the Lord, love the saints of God, and love sinners. Love sinners. Every one of those people in all of this world are going to spend eternity somewhere. You have the privilege of knowing the Bible and the scriptures and the gospel. If you love sinners, you will tell them that they need to be saved. They need to trust the Lord Jesus. That there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Love for sinners. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 5, 43 and 48, If you love them that love you, what different are you to the unsaved person? They love their mates. They'll hang out with their mates. But if you love them that hate you, <laughs> that's what the Lord did. He died for us while we were his enemy while we were yet his enemies. He died for us because he loved us. And so a love for sinners. So the mark of Christian growth is a love for the unlovely that God loves sinners to be saved. We'll leave the others for another day. I thought I'd get through all of them, eh? The measure of growth. There's so many things come to mind. <laughs> but the next, and you can look through those for next time and see if you can identify those, all those M's there and in verses 15 and 16 for next time.